happening? It is the final episode of the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast before the 2021 regular season kickoff. We've got football tomorrow, Travis. Let's go! Tomorrow, it's here. Long offseason. The last episode of the preseason is finally here. Long road. Football. Football, baby. Football, baby. We are here. We've got some fun on the docket. We're breaking down some games finally. We've reached that point. Episode 14. The Andy Dalton of episodes, if you will. Well, I don't know how that sounds. <laughs> if you could attribute this episode to any single player, who would, it, who would it be comparable to? Andy Dalton. We're getting no listens. Absolutely. Says the guy wearing the Bears hat. I'm ashamed of you. I, you know You're what? a Bears fan. I'm a TCU Horn Frog. This is a freaking Andy Dalton episode. Okay. This. All right. So scrap the rest of the show. We're not breaking down a <laughs> single game. We're literally just going to be listing Andy Dalton accomplishments. If you love the Red Rocket, this show is for you. I'm pretty sure it's the Red Rifle. Put some respect on his name. Red Rifle. Red. Look, if someone comes to me and said, hey, what weapon would you prefer? I'm choosing a rocket, <laughs> <True>. okay? Like, <laughs> what? no, no, no. You get this rifle. Like, okay, yeah. what am I going to do with a That is kind of what you're getting with Andy Dalton, though. You want the yeah. rocket, but he's just going to give you a rifle. Right, it's more of a pellet gun now. You just hope you don't go up against other Rockets. Exactly, which is what we're going to be facing week one against the Rams. But we'll get to that on another day. We are here Wednesday, September 8th. Tomorrow is football. It's Christmas. And we've got the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm sorry, i got to put some respect on this. The Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This game is so fun. We've mentioned it so many different times, Travis, but there's so many important fantasy impactful players on this game, on the first game, and we're starting off with a bang. But it's not look, I have my reservations about this game, okay? You you've listed uh, some good reasons here. The Cowboys aren't coming in at full strength, okay? COVID has reared its ugly head for one of the most important players. And where do you think, like, starting off, is it that big of a deal? Like, how, how do you think that the offensive line in this particular game is going to be changed that much with Zach Martin being out? Yeah, I think it's one of the most significant injuries that could have happened for the Cowboys because he is a huge part. Zach Martin is a huge part of their O-line and what they want to do protecting Dak running with Zeke. They're facing Tampa, who last year was by far the best run defense in the league. And they're coming back full strength. So for them to lose a Pro Bowl-level offensive lineman in Martin, I think that's going to be pretty significant. I think we'll see that. There's going to be some some growing pains right out of the gate, I think, because this is happening so close to kickoff. Yeah, no doubt. It, it's a disruption. You know, you've had them all off season. You've practiced with them all off season. It, it's still one of the best offensive lines. Like, unfortunately, and he is an all pro guard. Like I've heard all week about how this guy is like the Patrick Mahomes of offensive linemen. You know, he's just that much better than the rest of the guys. And losing him is going to impact uh, the offense, being as they love to run right, right past him on the offensive line. That's Zeke's favorite offensive lineman as well. 
Um, I could go on and on. But the context of this game, the guy that the backup is going to be lining up against, if Zach Martin, in fact, cannot play. Um, is he's out. In, I, they, they ruled him out. Did they? Oh, they have officially yeah, ruled him out. out. Okay. Okay. So, so if he, you know, since he's out, his backup's going to be lining up across from Indomitian Sioux, you know, from this championship caliber defensive line. And they've also got a strong pass rush. Um, 82 yards a game allowed on the ground. Do you think he gets to 90 or 100 yards tomorrow? I, I'm, look, there's, you're going to have to keep up with the Tampa Bay Bucks, you, which, again, that offense is a top tier offense as well. But if this game gets out of hand, if Tom Brady is able to, to lead a couple scoring drives before the Dallas Cowboys can score, Zeke's not going to get, you know, the higher rushing totals right. that you would normally see in a neutral game script. So no, I'm not, I'm not going to pencil him in for maybe a hundred total yards. Maybe. Yeah. A hundred total yards. Yeah. These all purpose backs that you'll see. Yeah. The hundred yards, you know, that's, that's if they're having to go past heavy because they're trailing. Awesome. You know, we've said it before. Receptions are more valuable than, than carries. So yeah, a hundred total yards. It can happen. He's a very, you know, he's a focal point in the offense. I wouldn't be shocked to see it. Yeah, for and that's the reason why you want to take one of those bell cow running backs that do both in the first five picks if you can. Yeah, just go get one of those. They wake up with 100 yards most weeks. Yeah. It, like when you try to get too cute, like, and I did it once too. I didn't pass up a Zeke, but it was a keeper league, and those, those five or six guys weren't really available. So outside of Aaron Jones, I could have gone that route. But – I think that's the value in these guys is they're kind of game script, uh, game script proof. Whereas if you go with a receiver and you're up, they're going to be running the clock out and the volume may not be there if he didn't get it on the way to those 20, 25 points. Sure. But yeah, these top five guys, I think Zeke, I think Zeke will be a combined 100 yards chance at a, at a score yeah. tomorrow. So you can't I mean, sit him, but it's no, going to be one of his lowest games of the year, but for sure. It has a chance to be absolutely, and there's not really a lot of conversation that has to be had to make a case to you know for Zeke to be relevant. Yeah. But speaking of other guys that are going to be relevant, Travis, there's there's a lot of let's just stick with the the Dallas side, and we'll kind of transition to the Tampa Bay side. You've got the wide receivers for for Dallas. They look, they're no slouches either. CD, you know, uh, Amari Cooper. You've got Michael Gallup. Even is going to be relevant in this game. Because some there's going to be a lot of passes thrown. You've got some of the highest volume passing offenses in the league. The Cowboys were number two last year. I I want to see I want to see one who is leading the the team in targets. Um, because you're not going to be able to stop even how good this defense was last year. It's not last year, and this isn't last year's Cowboys. Yeah, but the Bucks the Bucks were not necessarily as great against the pass. They were in the bottom third of the league and yards allowed per, uh, per game. So there is room there for Dak to have a nice game. CD and Amari, I expect to get theirs against pretty much everybody. So we'll see. I mean, the over-under, Vegas has it at 51 and a half. So let's say you're giving Tampa about 30 points. Dallas is low 20s, mid 20s. Um, somebody's getting a touchdown if Dallas is going to have two or three touchdowns and three or 400 yards of offense I think they're going to be fine you're not going to sit anybody on either side 
No. In week one, weird things happen anyway. Um, the Bucks obviously going to score points. Dallas, I think they're going to have a harder time scoring points just because I still need to see something from the Dallas defense. You've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. They're just as good as the wide receiver, uh, the wide receiving core in Dallas. Yep. So, look, you're not you're not going to be going like okay, one team's having to rely more on defense than offense. They're both going to score. I think the Bucks do win this game. Um, I know your your favorite running back in the entire league, Ronald Jones, is playing. My in favorite this game. value. Excuse me. Your favorite Thank player you. in the history of the NFL, <laughs> Ronald Jones. I need to get a Ronald jersey. I don't know why I got a CD RJ jersey. RJ two K as you look. That's that's his name on this show. Uh, Very possible tomorrow. Yeah. No, it's not possible. <laughs> Our, Ronald Jones is not rushing for two. He's not getting anywhere near two thousand. No, he's not. Uh, but look, they are. They're going to run the ball. I. I do not believe Dallas has done enough on the defensive side of the ball to make it to where that Tampa is going to stay away from the run. Game. Hard Knocks it's would have you believe that, that Micah Parsons is going to shut out every running back on the other side. Yes, they would. And I will take that bet 10 times out of 10. Yeah, I think Ronald has a nice day. Uh, I'm expecting 90 to 100 from Ronald and a touchdown, maybe two, depending on game script. Uh, wow. wow. I, think, I think Ronald comes out of the gate big tomorrow he knows what i need from him in probably 19 oh, okay. of 20 leagues this year you've sent him emails you've you've written we go way back you've written him letters yeah we go way oh, back okay i see i didn't understand how close i you told him like four or five years ago come 2021 i'm gonna have you across the board <laughs> i don't <laughs> i don't like penciling ronald jones in i don't like penciling it feels too much of a committee to me that is this going to be a Fournette game? Is Ronald, Ronald Jones may get 12 carries, but 90 to 100 yards, I'm not sure. He doesn't get the receiving work. Um, yeah, we'll see. But, I, I mean, they have a great offensive line as well, and going up against a soft defense, maybe they'll be in more positive run script, uh, game script, uh, and they'll run more. So we'll see. Um, I want to see it, though. I want to I see this first game. It's kind of a cop-out because I, I just don't like giving Ronald Jones 100 yards right off the bat. I, it, it feels wrong. Yeah, that's one of the, he's one of the guys that's been polarizing for us all offseason, so I'm glad we get to start with him uh, Christmas night. I, 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 like I said, I, I have Tampa winning this game, but again, all these guys you can start. You're not, you're not benching. Um, I think the guys you can look at the only one I, I wouldn't necessarily plug into a flex is Michael Gallup. Other than that, I would still flex Antonio Brown. I would still play. Obviously, you're playing the wide receivers on each team, and the running backs on Tampa are solid flex plays as well. I've got Ronald Jones. I'm looking at my ranks here. I've got Ronald, Ronald Jones, week one, RB12. Whoa. All right. That's a statement. Ahead of... Eckler, Gus Edwards, Clyde, Najee, Zeke. Oh. <laughs> I'm going all in on, on Ronald. If I'm going to do it all draft season, God, I'm going to do it damn sure week one. Take it easy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bold take. We'll see here. Uh, one guy that we don't have to really question is in the next game that we're about to break down. Wait, I did, I did last thing on Tampa. I did want to talk about uh, the blurb that we saw today from Bruce Arians saying – 
Oh, sure. Antonio Brown, this is his quote. He looks better than ever right now. He's playing at a speed like he was at four or five years ago. This is terrifying for any defense, especially one that's trying to get out of the bottom three from last year. But what it, yeah. it, it kind of is a double-edged sword in the fantasy world because if he was not good, if he was not there, you can count on Godwin and Evans a lot more. I think you're going to run into, when you have one of these three guys, every third game or so, it, it could be your turn to have the quiet game, especially with Gronk there with Fournette getting passing work, there's going to be games because there's so many, not even just mouths to feed, but really good elite level guys. I think we'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see tomorrow who Brady's favorites are right out of the gate. I'm, I'm expecting it fully to be Antonio Brown. Um, I am too. He's been consistent every time he's on the field. When he is in on passing downs or even just in plays where they're passing, he gets open more than the other guys. So, I expect Antonio Brown to have a fine game. And, again, I think Tampa wins that game. But it'll be fun. Uh, first game of the year. Christmas is here. Now, like I said, this next guy that we're talking about, though, there's no questions that need to be asked about him. Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Derrick Henrys. He is surrounded by other quite – tanky looking figures on that offense all of a sudden this year them boys are big over there in tennessee Those are some big dogs uh country strong an interesting matchup for me because again changes to the teams um different sides of the ball more notably the cardinals you would think that their biggest additions were you know jj watt on the on the defensive side but really what i'm more impressed with is their additions on the offensive line um, this is a team that wants to pass the ball. Uh, they don't run it as much as other teams, especially not the Titans. But this is such an interesting matchup to me. One, because there, it's fantasy dense. There's a lot of fantasy relevant yeah. players in this game. Uh, starting with the Cardinals, though. Yeah, it's looking like they're going to have a hard time stopping anything that the Titans are doing. Um, so, which means Carolina's, or, uh, excuse me, the Cardinals are going to have to score some points. And they're most likely, in my opinion, going to be playing keep up with the Titans. Probably a lot of passing yeah. work, uh, which kind of favors Chase Edmonds. I, I like him in this game. The offensive line is more of a pass protection offensive line. They don't run block very well. And the Titans... Uh, run defense is actually pretty solid with uh with the Cardinals interior line though again influencing the Titans passing game I expect it to be you know carte blanche for the Titans they I don't see the pass rush being that much of a uh problem uh going up against a team that doesn't pass a whole lot um you're going you're gonna to see Julio Jones. You're going to see A.J. Brown eating in this game. You know, I, I, know, I, I know I said I'm going to start with the, the Cardinals, but I'm, I'm really more focused on what the game script of this game is going to be because I really do see more of a path being the Titans controlling the pace of the game. I think their style of play is going to lend itself more towards efficiency with having a more consistent run game. They don't have a solid pass-blocking offensive line, so the Titans are going to run more. 
which opens up the play action pass game, which plays into exactly what they want to do anyway. Um, AJ yeah. Brown is, you know, can make plays in every quadrant of the field, but they love to, you know, feed him passes on quick slants. Julio Jones is going up against either uh, Byron Murphy, who was mainly a slot corner last year, or rookie Marco Wilson, because recent development this past week, Malcolm Butler retired. Like, he he no longer plays football. He lost it a long time ago. I, I don't know why these teams in the last few years have kept taking shots sure. on him. It seems like he was made by one yeah, play. Yeah, and that... Like, can one play just change, really make the next four or five years and, for you? You know, you win a Super Bowl big play and you get a lot of money. But, yeah, other stuff going on with him. Uh, but he's he's out. He's done. Patrick Peterson, obviously, out to the Vikings now. But you're relying on a rookie, um, I believe it was a fourth-round pick, and Byron Murphy to slow down A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. I like their safeties for the Cardinals, Zayvon Collins and... Uh, you've got Isaiah Simmons, who's very versatile, who is he's able to c- cover really every position on the field. Buda Baker's back. Oh, yeah, Buda Baker's still there. I disagree pretty strongly with the expected game flow of this game. Really? Yeah, no, no, no. Throw it out there. I, I, like, the, I like the conversation. I think Julio Jones and A.J. Brown have a good day. I think this will be, when we look back, uh, later in the year, I think this will be one of the more quiet games for Henry. He's somebody that historically has gotten better as the season goes on. People start to wear down. He does not. Sure. And I think Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, I think as this is as fresh and as healthy as that defense is going to be. So I'm expecting them to make it a little bit harder for Henry than he'll see over the course of the year. I think Tannehill, like you said, with the play action, I think they're going to not not decoy Henry. He's definitely going to be a focal point, but it's not going to be one of those game scripts where you're playing the Jaguars or the Texans and Henry gets 30 carries. I'm expecting it to be a little bit more of a shootout. Um, Over-under is the same as Tampa Bay, 51 points. So there's going to be stats to to be had, touchdowns to be had. And if Derrick Henry is getting 25 to 30 touches, that clock's running the whole time. You're not getting to 51 points. So I, I think no, I'm taking Vegas is expecting a little bit. I think, oh, you're taking, I'm the, under? taking the under? Yeah, I think it'll be pretty close. I, I like these offenses. I like uh, the air attack of both of these offenses as well. So sure, and we'll see. What it's really going to come down to, to me, is the running efficiency for the Cardinals because it's not a focal point of their offense, but they need it to pass the ball. They need it to extend drives. And one thing I, I think that the Titans are going to be able to do more, more effectively is, is extend and sustain drives. So that way, more opportunities for Julio, more red zone opportunities for those wide receivers, more red zone opportunities for Derrick Henry. They're less predictable, whereas you can stop, yeah. you know, you can stop the running game for the Cardinals you know, on first down, put them in a negative game script right off the bat um, to where they're, you're out of uh, – you're out of the script that you want to have. And who's your shot for the wide receiver two for the Cardinals? For the Cardinals? Um, yeah. I'm going to go Rondale Moore. Um, I think Rondale sees more targets than A.J. Green? 100%. Yeah. Really? Yeah. A.J. Green, look, I don't know what A.J. Green is right now, 
he did not look good at the end of last year. He hasn't looked good in a while. He's I don't I I don't like planning for injury, but I do not count on that dude being around all season. Yeah. He might be just a red zone weapon. He's not gonna be high volume. Rondale Moore, they manufacture touches. He reminds me a lot of a mix between like Debo Samuel and like what uh Percy Harvin was. They they want to manufacture touches, you know, screens, um, you know, jet sweeps. They they wanna they wanna slants and stuff like that. They want the ball in his hands. And yeah. They, they kind of showed that in the preseason. They didn't tip their hand too much, but again, staying on track with what we're talking about here, running game for the Cardinals is going to be imperative. It doesn't have to be their focal, but they are going to have to convert their downs. I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury as much as I do Mike Vrabel, I guess. I think that's going to be the difference here. I think Mike Vrabel is just a better coach, and I think that's in a te- in a game like this where the teams aren't, so dissimilar in terms of talent i think that the titans do win this game but i again i think deandre hopkins is going to eat this game that's really what's important in in a fantasy football podcast you're starting kyler murray you're starting deandre hopkins i expect hopkins to go over 100 yards and for a touchdown i don't see anyone unless you know he is going to be shadowed by like a buddha baker could happen, but I just I trust him. Or uh, sorry, he's not going to be shattered by Buda Baker, uh, obviously being on his team. <laughs> but uh, DeAndre Hopkins, there's no one on the other side of the ball. Uh, you're they're mostly relying on a rookie cornerback and Caleb Farley to cover DeAndre Hopkins. That's not going to work in my opinion. The dude is going to light it up, and he sees over ten targets a game. So you're starting him. I'll, I'll take the other side of the AJ Green Rondell Moore. I think you like AJ Green. No, I don't like AJ Green, but I think when we see veteran all-star receivers change teams, uh, at least my feeling on it is they try to generally feed them early, force feed them to make them feel involved, feel important. Like, here's why we brought you here. We want you to be involved. And rookies in general take a little bit longer to come along. So I think there's things that A.J. Green can offer size-wise, understanding the game. I think A.J. Green, at least for the first few weeks, will see more targets than Rondale. But as the season goes on, I think you see that start to flip. A.J. Green's health has always been a problem. Durability, as the season goes on, will, be, will, will probably be an issue for him. So I think they'll try to use him while they got him and sure. ease Rondale into it, kind of have a a force feed Rondale in a Debo situation. Like you're saying, maybe it's, it's a good point. Maybe it's at the line of scrimmage or, um, a reverse, that type of stuff in motion. I think AJ green will, will be a six to nine target first game. I think that's, that's a little high for me, but Hey, I, I can't argue the points. You know, he, he was once a very talented, uh, stud wide receiver. So we'll see if he can kind of have a rebirth here. Uh, you're starting. What the, about the deeper dives? The, um, yeah. So the Ferkser, the Ferkser. Uh, is there is there any value at tight end for the Cardinals? Cardinals don't use much of a tight end. I mean, Max Williams is is kind of there, but he's not on the fantasy radar for me. Um, yeah. For the Titans, though, Ferkser, sure. Um, he he could be he could be streamed, uh, especially in a, in a game where they're likely to see a good amount of red zone action. He's worth a flyer. I'm not necessarily putting him in my, you know, top 10 for this week. 
But with that being said, red zone opportunity, that's what you want for a tight end. A uh, chance for a, a touchdown. They're unpredictable, though. So just his output in this offense in this particular game, I'm not counting on him. Yeah. We'll wait and see. It's somebody sure. to keep an, an eye on. Guy, I think a few months ago, he was somebody in, in deep talking leagues. about, though, real quick, is just Chase Edmonds and James Conner. Those guys. Yeah, tell me something about Edmonds because I don't have him anywhere. I'm kind of jealous of people that have him you know, in a few places, especially in PPR leagues. Sure. So, like I said, they're not a vocal running team, but he is going to get some carries, um, a lot of receiving work. He's going to be important in this game because he's he's a lot of times – if the pass rush does get to Kyler, which in all fairness, I think he's going to be pretty safe this game. Not a very strong. It'd be a lot better this year. Finally. Yeah. Not, not a, it's not a great pass rush from the Titans, which means he should be able to, to look at those reads further down the field. But again, if nothing's open, Chase Edmonds will be the check down. I think he sees probably three to four targets in this game and probably a dozen carries. So yeah, I think, for a PPR game, he has some upside. He's a flex play. I, I'm not going to count on him as being my running back one because I think, again, if we get into the red zone, either Kyler's going to run it in or James Conner is more that role for them. Conner's, yeah. Conner's also a a flex play as well, maybe on the lower end. Uh, but he's someone that you could definitely take a look at as he also has a receiving skill set as well. Um, and there were games that... Kenyon Drake wasn't unusable um, last year. Next game, what do we got? Let's talk. Yeah, let let's talk about the Steelers and the Bills now because, again, we're breaking down these three games today and or sorry, four total. Um, but we're t breaking down three Sunday games and the Steelers and the Bills know each other from last year, played each other in Week 14. And a narrative that I want to look at this game, Travis, the the Bills are favored by six and a half um, points over under at 47 and a half. So defense coming into play here. We've got some decent defenses here. Um, Man, TJ Watt, is he going to play? I'm not thinking so because what I'm hearing, what That's I'm huge. seeing on Twitter, what the beat writers are saying is that the Steelers aren't wanting to pay him. He wants a new contract. He's willing to sit out. I Look, it doesn't make much sense to me. I understand players sit out, but for the Steelers not to pay him, the price is the price, the edge rushers. Yeah. He's the best one that they have. He's probably one of the best in the league. Well, he, is, he is one of the best in the league. With that being said, though, his role in this game is going to be kind of paramount because they lost some other defenders but Dupree left um but they still got solid solid guys on that defensive line just not a lot of pass rush because one thing we know about the bills is that they have a great offensive line for passing they want to pass the ball a lot they have two really solid tackles graded last year they're very consistent their interior offensive line is kind of rough but again they're not looking to their MO, the Bills, it's not to pound the rock. You know, it, they don't need to run the ball 30 times a game to have success. This is a team that wants to throw it close to 40, you know, mid 40 amount of times. And 
you when you've got a guy like Stephon Diggs and new receiver and you know Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley still there. There's there's weapons there to throw it to, and with one cornerback in Casey Hayward, you know you've you've got one guy that could possibly you know give Stephon Diggs some fits, but the amount of volume of Stephon Diggs and the prowess that yeah yeah it won't matter. Not, He's not going to shut him down like a Jalen Ramsey, you know, when that's when a Jalen Ramsey does have a possibility to shut Stephon Diggs down to having a, you know, a non-impactful week. You've got Casey Hayward there, who's a fine cornerback, but like, like I said, with the volume Stephon Diggs is going to see, he's he led the league in targets last year. He's going to get his, you know, and with yeah, I expect I expect uh, Josh Allen to have plenty of time to throw. Yeah, I think Allen and the receivers have. Uh, pretty decent games. Cole Beasley seems to always be fine. Diggs is going to be fine. If how many how many teams are there in the league that you can think of off the top of your head where you're not okay starting any of their running backs week one? Where if you can start somebody else, I mean, like other than the, you're not comfortable starting either of the no, Bills uh, running backs or the Jets running yeah. backs really out of the gate. Or how many teams are there? Um, like that? I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, yeah, you nailed it on the head with those two. I, I've looking around, not too many others. You know, everyone else has at least one guy that I can think of. Again, I mean, if I want to look around the league, there might be another team. Um, like we, do you think that becomes a common theme with the Bills running backs, or is that just a week one? No, uh, no, matchup based deal. Year, Josh Allen is their their running back. If you want to consider it that, you know, he. He rushes enough and he gets them in positions enough to where they don't have like yeah they're gonna they're gonna hand yeah. it off to a running back but they're not gonna need. I don't no, have Zach Moss or Singletary anyway. end running back threes because they're gonna see maybe ten to twelve carries at most in in this offense and you can't tell yeah. me which game is gonna be a there's no it's like it's not like a dynamic between like a Camara and an Ingram where it's like, oh, this guy, this is a Kamara game or this is a Moss game. No, they're all Josh Allen games. And if one of those guys happens to fall in the end zone, you just hope that you needed to start one of those guys in their in your flex spot. And in a game like this where the rushing from the running back doesn't lend itself to be the most opportune tactic because your weak interior line for the Bills, strong interior defensive line for the, the Steelers are still very deep. Tyson Alualu is still there. He, you've got some strong guys on that defense, and it's not to say that there's no passing defense for the Steelers. Mika Fitzpatrick's still there, but the volume itself and the efficiency that we saw last year for the Bills, and I don't think we're going to see that much of a fall off this year. Now, into who yeah. you can start from the Bills, you're obviously starting Diggs. For me, that's where it ends. That's where it ends. I'm not counting on Sanders or Beasley. I do not know who is going to emerge as their primary number two target. I don't count on Beasley getting another 100 targets yeah. this year. Yeah, you kind of have to wait for one of them to go down, and then the other one will be a little, a little bit more reliable. If it's Sanders, probably will be Sanders first. Beasley's been pretty durable. Uh, I don't even necessarily think you have to wait for one of them to go down, though. I think... Would you? But they could both be healthy, and they just still target Emmanuel Sanders. More. Yeah, but you've still you got Gabriel Davis there too. Yeah, I feel like between between those three guys, for any of them, to, Beasley has been in a in a PPR or full PPR. He's been okay. Yeah, he's been. But 
but with those three guys competing for the number two spot, uh, I'm going to stay away until it clears up a little bit. But on the other side, the Steelers, I think, are the most exciting offense for me to look at this uh, in week one outside of Dallas and Tampa is what we saw last year with Pittsburgh. And I don't have any shares of Najee either, I, I don't I think. I wish I did. And I wish I did too, but I think this is going to be a good showing of what Najee's even going to be allowed to do with his talent because what happened last year, what we saw with the Steelers was, yeah, they were 11-0, and but they accepted pretty early we're not going to be able to run the ball on anyone. And it was just five, 10-yard passes, just right. quick, quick, quick. And that was all Deontay Johnson. They were force-feeding Claypool on a couple deep shots. Claypool on the end around. It would, they were doing weird stuff just to try to move the ball five or 10 yards at a time and then throw in a deep shot every now and then. I think that hurts Juju. I, don't, I think he's going to be a clear third fiddle to those two guys. But what does Najee, what can he do if their O-line, who was 31st in the league last year, is not any better this year? playing against a good Bills defense. Is Najee even going to be able to show us week one? Yeah. You know, I, I still think that they're going to try to run the ball. Uh, I think Najee's just a better talent. And for me, that's enough with the volume that I expect him to get. He is good enough to break some tackles, get out, you know, outside um, and, and break a run or two. I'm not saying he's going to break off, you know, a 50, 60 yard run. But the passing work is going to be there. I'm not there's no there's no universe where I'm not starting Najee. I just think that is he does he have the opportunity to be a, you know, the running back one this week, which is what you draft, you know, him for possibly. I don't think it's there this week. Um I think that the Bills have a good enough defense. I think that their defensive line is deep enough. They're not they don't necessarily have the you know, the the high end talent to be a, you know, necessarily what you would categorize as a run-stopping team, but the Steelers aren't going to be able to really move a bunch of people out of the way. They have some talent, don't get me wrong. Like, it's not like, uh, it, you know, being a Bears fan, I always attribute, attribute it to, you know, we've always had terrible offensive line. I don't think it's that bad. Um, I, I trust the Steelers to develop their guys, and a lot of their younger guys showed some promise last year. So I think Najee Harris does get enough carries to make it, you know, I still think he's going to be an RB1 this week. You think he's a top 12 play this week, huh? I, I do. I do think he's, yeah, because they're going to they're gonna feed him. You, you don't have, like, you, you mentioned Ronald Jones last week being a top, you know, 12 running back possibly. He splits carries with, with possibly Giovanni Bernardi if he plays, or, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn, Le- Leonard Fournette. Najee has none of that. It's all Najee. Maybe one or two snaps for McFarland uh, here or there, but it's all Najee. It's all. Yeah. I just, I, I've got him at 16. I, 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 I don't know that this week against the bills week one, you're going to be able to tell what Najee's able to do. I think that O-line is going to have to figure it sure. out as they go. They, they're very they're going to get punched in the mouth immediately. And we'll they see. Very well could. I think Najee's going to be one of the guys, one of the first second round tier guys who is going to be on the move quite a bit over the first half of the year. I've got him starred on our future segments of 
buy low, sell high. I think he's going to be a candidate in that segment quite a bit. I After a game like the Bills, he could be a buy low. People could be freaking out like, oh my gosh, he had 70 yards, no touchdown. Go get him. Then they play Cincinnati or somebody like that, and he has 140 and two scores, and then you sell him high before he's got Baltimore twice and Cleveland twice. I think he's going to move a lot. I'll be interested to, to keep track of that because I just think that his ceiling is always there, especially as the, the Pittsburgh running back, the guy that they always want to feed. Targets are there. Carries are there. And you want to bring up the other weapons. He's got three solid receivers, too. Tredavious White on the Bills will shut someone down, make it hard for them. You know, I brought up that they faced the, the Bills last year. That was the infamous game where Deontay Johnson was benched in the first half, but he still managed seven targets for four receptions, only 40 yards. Chase Claypool also struggled with Tredavious White in the first half when Deontay was out. He only had three receptions for 15 yards. But at the same time, give me that whole team the entire game. Tredavious White can't be everywhere. They still have Levi Wallace, who is a solid cornerback, but Chase Claypool, one year removed from his rookie year. I still think he's going to break loose on, on you know a deep play or two. They're going to be in the red zone because at the same time, yeah, you can – you can still have a decent run-blocking offensive line with it still being a technically bad offensive line. Uh, Big Ben may not have a ton, a ton of time to throw, but I think they'll still be able to run the ball. Um, I, I, tr- I, just, I guess I just trust Mike Tomlin more. I'm starting I'm, with confidence. I, I'm going to start all you know the big three for the Steelers. Juju is a fine PPR flex play, and... Uh, I, I don't necessarily, if it's not PPR, I don't think I'm necessarily going to start Juju. If, if you're in a pinch, you don't. Well, I think for the, pri- the price that you paid for all these guys, you have to start them pretty much. For Juju, I don't think you do. I think you got him in like the seventh, eighth round. Yeah, but if you weren't going to start them before they play bad or are figured out, I mean, the Bills secondary is not the best in the league. They've got one, but he's not going to be on Juju. So if, you, if you're not going to play Juju in a pretty in a pretty equal matchup, then I don't know when you're going to feel confident with him. Like I said, I think I, I would put him in a flex play in a deeper league, like a three starting three wide receivers. He could be your third wide receiver. Um, yeah. But I don't think – you should have most likely, like in a PPR league, he can be your wide receiver too. In a non-PPR league, yeah, flex play at most. Uh, deeper league, he's a wide receiver three. I'm going to stick with that. All right, so you're taking the Bills. Yeah. I'll t- I think the Bills probably win that game. I think it's going to come down to a final drive for the Steelers where they come up just short in heartbreaking fashion. Ooh, rough. Next game is going to be Minnesota versus Cincinnati. Who do you got in this one? Vikings, three and a half point favorites. Over under is at 48. So both teams are going to get 20 plus. Um, week one, weird things happen. I just trust the consistency of the Vikings. Um, yep. Yeah. It, for me, it's... it's I don't want to say it's easy as Dalvin Cook because there's more to it, but the Bengals I don't think are they don't have the consistency on defense enough to stop Dalvin Cook. You're gonna get spoon fed carries upon carries for that guy. You want to talk about the guy who doesn't have to worry about volume? There's really no yeah. one else that you have to worry about. Maybe spelling with Alexander Madison, but that's not a worry. Like you still have Justin Jefferson, you still have Adam Thielen. There's no, there's no one on the defensive side where I'm like, man, they're gonna be a problem. How is Justin Jefferson gonna get open? The, I I see the the Vikings being able to do whatever they want. 
Um, this the, is one of the safest offenses this week across I, the board. The, I could see the only way I see this happening is if is if uh, Cousins goes off and throws you know three interceptions in this first game and completely blows the opportunity for the Vikings. That's I could because I think the Bengals are good enough on offense to take advantage of those. But other than that, I I would say it's it feels safe to put the Vikings, you know, pencil them in for a, a W. But there are some interesting fantasy options to talk about in this matchup. Yeah, mo- a lot of rankings have Dalvin as a RB1 this week, and rightfully so. Are there any uh, that really have him as running back two on, on any week? <laughs> uh, Bengals. Be, yeah, the, the Dalvin Cook, he's, he's a mid-tier running back two this week. No, no, I mean the, the running back one. Oh, the running of back the week one. of okay. the week, yeah. Yeah, no, I I would see that. I a lot of rankings that. have him as the running back one. I might have said A. Bengals gave up last year 148 yards per game on the ground, and that is not versus Dalvin Cook for all of those games. He would I think he he could have 140, 150 yards. Like that is totally possible it's not for Dalvin impossible. Cook. Any game I think he wakes up with 100 Scores one or two touchdowns, and everybody's happy with Dalvin. Same thing with Thielen and Jefferson. They both find the end zone. I've got Kirk going for 275 to 300, and Vikings controlling the game pretty much the whole time. I don't hate it. You know, there's going, they're going to hyper-target those two wide receivers. You know, Tyler Conklin might have some red zone work, you know, a couple targets here and there, but nothing to, to really deter you. You're starting Justin Jefferson. You're starting Thielen. We almost don't even need to talk about Dalvin Cook here. Um, so one one thing that I thought about today when we were putting this together was um, Irv Smith going out. Does that bump Thielen for you even in the slightest bit? Because people were projecting Smith to be a little bit better than last year and Thielen getting a little bit older. They have less of an option or inclination to feed a third mouth. It feels like those are just extra eight, 10 yard curls or, or slants that are right in Thielen's wheelhouse that they were going to be trying to get Irv Smith the ball that now they don't feel like they need to. I mean, sure. I still think, look, they brought in Chris Herndon as well. Um, so there's, there's a- like, like what I mean is, would you, does that injury bump him for you over a guy like Tyler Lockett? No. No, because they're no, going right next I, to each other. I think you like Lockett more. Yeah, I do. I like Lockett more. That look, you're talking Thielen over Lockett. Um, you're going matchups. Uh, this week. You mean the 2022 Devonte Parker, <laughs> Stop aka it. Tyler Lockett? Look, in this matchup, yeah, I would probably have <laughs> Thielen over um, Lockett, just because the Bengals' defense is so porous. Um, and yeah. know, Lockett's going up against Indy, but. Not to deter or not to kind of stray too much from this this matchup, Thielen is going to be fine. Um, I don't see Irv Smith having that big of a a target share to where it's like, oh, we have to figure out who are the vacant targets going to. Look, most of them are going to be going to Tyler Conklin or, or Chris Hendren. Maybe one or two goes, you know, to Thielen. Maybe this week it's you know Amir Smith Marset. You know, it someone. Chad Beebe. No, it's Amir Smith Marset. I. I, I, Chad Beebe is, is a nothing burger for me. Uh, is he cares? still there? But uh, look, he is still there. Good for him. Um, but let's look. Let's talk Bengals because I'm. We know we're starting the guys on the Vikings. Yeah. Like, 
you want to take a shot at if you have no other tight end depth, Tyler Conklin is an interesting play. Again, and in, in a deeper league. Other than that, I'm I'm really not banking on um, a touchdown from him. But the Bengals, the Bengals have weapons all over the field. They they've got three wide receivers who are valuable, you know, especially in PPR leagues, and a running back who has a true three down works workload um, heading his way, and someone who he has had some consistency issues. Excuse me, some consistency issues. And, you know, we're looking for a bounce-back season. There's a lot of questions to be answered on the Bengals' offensive side of the ball. What questions do you have? What are you looking for? Um, I'm excited to see who Burrow favors. I think it, this could be a situation kind of like, uh, kind of like Tampa where you've got three guys and we don't know necessarily like with Dallas you've got three with Gallup but you know who the top two are with Pittsburgh you've got three but we kind of know who the top two are with the Bengals I don't know that we know that yet because we were expecting that to be Higgins and Jamar Chase I think Higgins is the safest for sure most people would right now but is is Chase ready to be the number two there does Boyd get a number two level targets or does Boyd completely take a back seat? I'm not really sure. I'm going to be watching really closely to see the rapport between Chase and Burrow because it feels like with Boyd, he's had that with any quarterback. It doesn't matter who's throwing it for the Bengals. Boyd has been open and available for them and been a reliable fantasy option for three or four years now. So is Chase ready? Is he? Is all this preseason drop stuff just a bunch of fluff. Is he going to be a star in the making right out of the gate? Excited to see. Yeah, the dynamic between the wide receivers for sure. I think more game flow-wise, you're you're looking at a strong, revamped Minnesota Vikings defense with, you know, the the pass rush will be there. Looks like this year they've brought back some big names. Uh, Danielle Hunter's still there. Everson Griffin resigned. Um, DJ Reader. DJ Reader is still there. You know, yep. the Patrick Peterson signs there. Harrison Smith was just re-upped. These are some guys, like, it's a stout, it's a, it's a stout Zimmer defense, okay? They got better and better. They did, and year. that, I think that was going to be the outlier season for a Zimmer defense. I, I don't yep. think we're going to see that again. Um, this is a team where I expect to get pressure on Joe Burrow, a lot of shorter throws. I, look, I wouldn't be shocked. This isn't, this is going to be an interesting game to have Tyler Boyd because the Bengals love to have a four wide receiver set and <clears throat> Tyler Boyd being their closer to the line of scrimmage, shorter average depth of target receiver, quicker throws, quicker slants. He could have an interesting PPR week this week, not saying a bunch of touchdowns, but look, this could be one of those outlier games where he has eight targets, you know, seven receptions for 68 yards. And that's a solid week. You could start a guy like that. Yeah, for and, sure. You know, maybe Jamar Chase, does he still have the drop problems? Are they going to try and feed him to build his confidence up and get him rolling? T. Higgins, look, does he draw the coverage <clears throat> of Patrick Peterson? I, I think that T. Higgins is going to be fine in this game. Patrick Peterson wasn't great last year. He's a name. but He got burned a lot. He got burned a lot, and a guy like, a guy like T. Higgins – you know, big body, red zone threat. 
I think that it's going to be more of a passing attack for the Bengals. I think I'm starting. T is nice. T He's is nice, nice, man. I'm starting. I, I watched his highlights today. I was like, this dude is nice out there. You ever have any confidence issues on a guy, just go and watch their highlights and boom. You'll feel so much better. But Don't do it for a guy who somebody's trying to trade you. Don't go watch his highlight no, film because you'll no. want to hit accept. Exactly. Yeah, you watch the highlights of your own guys, and then you build yourself yeah. up, and then you tell you ask yourself, do I really want to trade this guy? I'm not trading you that guy. Have you seen his highlight film? Right? You see Odell's catch yeah. seven years ago? <laughs> That's me right there. That's right. But you're starting these guys. Who wins? Who wins this game? Um, Look, Vikings. Look, we've already said the Vikings are going to win this game. But I think you start T. Higgins. I think you start Joe Mixon, obviously, where you draft him. You have to. Um, Tyler Boyd's a decent PPR flex play, wide receiver three option. Jamar Chase, wild card. Slot him in as your flex, I would say. This could be an interesting game for him. Rookie wide receivers typically struggle and take some time. Even for a generational quote-unquote talent like Jamar Chase, I think he's going to struggle against his defense. He's going to struggle to get open. And I want to see those, I want to see those, those drop problems kind of go away first before I start yeah. giving him you know, a spot in my starting lineup. Like I said, I honestly at this point may take Tyler Boyd over him right now until I see Jamar Chase able to really establish himself. Well, Vegas has it as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, Vikings. So that means it's going to be closer than we think. I think yeah, in the second— not, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Yeah, I think, it, I think I it's think just going to be, be controlled. Like you, I, I think the Vikings are going to control it. The one thing that was interesting to me when I was looking today was uh, Burrow threw a ton of passes in his first 10 games before injury. He was, gonna, he was on pace to finish in the top three, maybe top one overall in pass attempts. Yeah. So they're going to be forced to have volume for Burrow. It's just about who gets it. And in a game where you've got a guy like Dalvin Cook that can really run the clock out in the second half, the Bengals are going to have to do their damage early. If they fall behind, it's going to get real tough, Especially, even for Mixon. It, it, middle of the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter, it could be one of those painful games where you're just watching the clock run, and every time Dalvin gets it, he's going for 10, 12 yards, and it's like Mixon's not given a chance, so he's going to have to get his in the first half, I think. This is, this is, a, this is going to be a game for whoever wins the turnover battle is going to win this game. I truly believe it's going to come down to if Kirk Cousins plays efficiently, manages the game, he'll, they'll win. If Joe Burrow is forced to throw into tight windows and doesn't, you know, doesn't make the best of choices, maybe he's still unsure, then you're going to see the Vikings win. I, don't, I think they're very similar offensive talents, but at the same time, experience. You know, something's got to give. Yeah. Exactly. And maybe, and I think that may be what it is. I'm taking the Vikings in this one. Um, but you're starting, you're starting the wide receivers that you normally start, Thielen, Jefferson. You're starting Cook. Um, there's not really a tight end of, of note. CJ Uzama is not really on my fantasy radar this week. Um, with how many four wide receiver sets that they're throwing out in Cincinnati, you're starting T. Higgins. You're flexing or wide receiver three, Tyler Boyd. Wide receiver three as well for Jamar Chase because that upside is there in the high volume passing offense and the talent could be there. And you're starting Joe Mixon. Yep. All right, we got football All tomorrow. Right, I do have uh, two questions for you before we close this out. All right. If you were to swap Tom Brady and Dak Prescott, does either team get worse or better? Look, it, 
any team that go Tom Brady goes to gets better. Like Dak is good. I think that he could, you know, he could he could make the obviously the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers work. Uh the but look, I, any So you're just going to err on the Brady side. The Cowboys get a little better, Bucks drop off just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I think that's yeah, that's probably right. I mean, that's probably the safe answer, but it's also the right answer. We've learned that's over right. time. We did it, man. Last one. Tomorrow night. Okay. Do you have a tradition, whether it is a Thursday night football tradition, a first game of the year tradition, whether it's a lucky shirt, a specific jersey, if your team's playing or not playing, are you still wearing that yep, jersey? Uh, Special dish you're cooking? I'll what do we got? I'll be wearing my Justin Fields jersey. I'll be wearing my Bears hat. Um, we're making some English muffin pizzas, uh, gluten-free. Nice. Make my tummy feel good. And yeah, right. be having a having a not your father's root beer because I I really enjoy that. All right, I'm not sure what we're doing. I don't I don't necessarily have a first game tradition, but I can say for sure I will be at my own house in front of the TV with the volume cranked up. One of my pet peeves is when we're watching a specific primetime game to be at a bar or something and you can't hear it. I can't stand it. Sunday, that's I mean I I like to be at home on Sunday, especially at the twelve o'clock games. If there's just two or three afternoon games, I'm fine going somewhere and watching them and not hearing it, having a beer somewhere. But sure. I'm a stickler to be able to hear and to have Sunday ticket. No commercials for me. None. All day. I can't stand the subtitles. I can't stand the captions because they're always like yeah. five second delayed. Um, yeah, so I can't, I can't stand, stand those. I'll think of any traditions we man, got. If I have a lucky man. jersey or something that I'm going to go with this year, I'll post it on Twitter. Yeah, let me know. We'll post it on Twitter. Uh, ask a question on Twitter and have, have some people respond. Get that uh, conversation brewing. Episode 14, man, it's in the books. Tomorrow is football, baby. We got Thursday night, first game. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. This has been the Losing Sucks podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Losing Sucks. Merry Christmas, y'all.